Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Brothers and sisters, if you would, please open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. And as you're turning there, if you would, please also rise as we honor the public reading of God's Word. From Matthew chapter 6, looking at verses 1 through 4 here this morning. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may, that, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Thus far, the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, how we do grant, how we do pray that you would grant us the grace by your spirit to give in such a way that it is pleasing to you. Lord, we do pray that you would purify our hearts and that we would seek only your glory and to receive praise from you and not from men. May it be, O Lord, that our light would would so shine before men that, that others would see our good deeds and yet praise you, our Father in heaven. For we ask all this in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oftentimes in the world, there is a kind of righteousness that people have publicly. You think of uh, celebrities who are thought to be good people because they do this or that charitable deed. And often there is uh, a great desire to have such a good outward appearance. And there will even be an attempt to do things that are seen as good in society in order to be seen by other people. This is something that is very common. Um, In fact, in many times, it is actually the publicity of the good deed that's more important than the good deed itself. And it's probably because this is so often the emphasis and focus for what we, what we could call a kind of public righteousness for the world that we often get so disappointed with those who are leaders, those who are celebrities, who everyone thinks are in some ways good in some ways because they do these charitable deeds and yet then some kind of scandal will break open and they will be revealed to be simply something less than what they portrayed themselves to be. Often, those who seek to have their good deeds publicly made known and who go to great lengths to do so, often that public reputation is really all that they have. The kind of righteousness that they are proclaiming to have is really nothing but being something that is uh, outward. It's something that is maybe public, but it is not something that is uh, in very often, in, in many cases, true. This is something that the world strives for, that the world sees as good. And notice, here Christ is speaking about something, a kind of righteousness that is diametrically opposed to this kind of thinking. It is not just that we are to, as Christ says, that we're to avoid uh, 
have being you know receiving acclaim from others for the things that we do. It's not just that we're to uh, even go out of our way not to uh, receive this praise. We are actually even to uh, go so far as to to make sure that everything we do is done in secret, so that we receive nothing from men, but rather that we receive everything from God Himself. That we would seek to be praised by God rather than to be praised by men, and that we would go out of our way to avoid the praise of men. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking of here in Matthew chapter 6. Now, this passage is the beginning of a new section in the book of Matthew. We've been looking for some number of weeks at a number of antitheses that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has uh, put before the people of God, and he's shown that he is uh, the, the, perfectly, uh, the, the perfect expounder of Moses, and he is the one who proclaims the true righteousness of the kingdom of God. We've been looking at that um, from Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, all the way to the end uh, of chapter 5. And in all of those antitheses, the thing that, that Christ is focusing on uh, was the righteousness that we show forth towards other people. It's the way that we interact with others, you know, with regard to uh, murder, uh, adultery, divorce, oaths and vows, these kinds of things that are more directed towards other people. Now, with chapter 6, Christ begins to speak of the righteousness that we have with respect to God. What are the kinds of things that God finds pleasing to, to himself as we serve him? What are the things that we can do in service to God that he actually accepts? And here, this is the, the first part of really uh, three things that Christ will speak of. He speaks about giving, charitable deeds being uh, the gifts that we give, whether in the church or to the poor, that sort of thing. And then secondly, Christ will look at prayer, and then he'll look at fasting. And in all of these, the purpose is to show that if you, if you do any of these things in order to be praised by men, it is not acceptable to God. It is not something that he finds pleasing at all. And whatever acclaim you receive from men, that is all that you are ever going to receive because God himself will not reward it because it is not in fact something that is pleasing to him. The idea here is that giving, particularly as we look at this first part, giving, giving should be done for the sake of the glory of God and not man. It's, it's not for your own glory that you give, not so that others can see you, that you are someone who is very generous with your money. That's not the purpose of giving. It is only to be done for the sake of the glory of God. Now, we'll look at this passage under two headings. Uh, it's a bit obscured in, in the version that we have here, but there's actually a, a, a division between verses uh, 1 and then verses 2 to, f- two to 4. Uh, verse 1 is speaking of general principles that apply to the entire passage going all the way to verse 18. So it's sort of an overview. And then verses 2 to 4 uh, dig specifically into the topic of giving. So we'll, we'll look at the passage under those two headings. The idea of good works in general. So what are the, the principles of good works in general that are going to apply to, to charitable deeds, uh, charitable gifts, uh, prayer and fasting? We're going to look at the, the, the general principle, and then we'll look at giving more particular. So look with me again then at verse 1. Here the, we have the translation of uh, charitable deeds. Uh, there are other manuscripts that speak of, of, a, uh, of something that's distinct, which is more, which should better be translated as righteousness. So let your righteous deeds be done. Uh, before men, when you, do not do them before men, but rather uh, do them in order to be praised by God. So this, that verse one is the summary statement or the, the introduction to uh, the whole thing. Notice what, what the Lord uh, Jesus Christ is saying here. You are to do these things, not to be praised by man, but rather to be praised 
by God. Notice in, in this verse, and really what we'll see all the way through to the end of verse 18, is that in all of these things, the Lord Jesus Christ assumes, he assumes that every Christian is going to be doing these things. Every Christian is going to be giving. Every Christian is going to be doing righteous deeds. Every Christian is going to be in prayer. And every Christian is going to be fasting. However, he's also saying, though I assume that you're doing these things, just because you are doing these things, this does not mean that that action is acceptable to God. It can actually even be quite sinful, uh, but it depends upon the way in which you do it. If you do the right things, which again, Christ here assumes that you're going to be doing them, uh, if you do them with the wrong heart, it is no longer acceptable to God. It does matter how you do them. And here, the way that Christ is emphasizing the right way to do the good work, the, the, the thing that will be pleasing to God, is, and it does this all throughout this passage, is based on the, the visibility of the work itself. Are you doing it so as to be seen by men, or are you doing it so as to be seen by God? That's the thing that distinguishes uh, a work that is godly, a, not just a right work, but a, a work done in the right way for the sake of the glory of God, something that is godly versus something that is, in fact, uh, not godly. The thing that is the, the kind of good work that pleases God is the one that is not done in order to be seen by men, but is rather done simply to be seen by God. And he's the one who sees in secret. If you do the work and nobody else sees it, God still sees it and will reward you. That is the, the principle that the Lord Jesus Christ is putting forward. Now, you may be wondering, well, how does this work? Are we really to have all of our good deeds be invisible to others? This would seem to contradict uh, chapter 5, verse 16, where the Lord Jesus Christ says, let your light so shine before men that others might see your good deeds and praise the Father who's in heaven. There, it seems like the visibility of the works is actually crucial that if no one sees your good deeds, then, then your light will not be shining before men. And, in it, and insofar as it does not shine before men, then God himself will not be praised. So it, in 5.16, it appears that Jesus is saying that your words need to be very public. But then here, the Lord Jesus Christ seems to be saying that your words, that your good deeds need to be something that is quite private. How are we to understand these things? How are we to, to put these two things together? Is the Lord Jesus Christ uh, saying things that can't be harmonized or is there a good reason for, for the one and the other? If you were to ask, why are we in some cases to make our deeds public, and why are we in some cases to keep them private? The answer in both cases is always related to the principle of what will bring God the most glory. This is, this is really the, the key. And we'll see this all throughout chapter 6. The point is not to, to give an absolute statement that all of your good deeds, that everything that you give, that all prayers that you make and all fasting that you do can never be known by any other person. That's not the purpose that the, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ is giving for these things. He's going to use metaphors that uh, are related to the idea of invisibility, but it's not so that they are absolutely invisible. It's rather the heart behind the deed. Is it done in order to be seen by men? Is that the purpose for what you're doing? Or, it, or is the purpose, rather, to give glory to God? And so if you were to, to, to ask the question, you know, what level of anonymity, of invisibility of your work is appropriate? The answer is simply, what brings God 
the most glory. There are very many things that need to be public. There are, there are certain things that we do that must be public. You think of even uh, Daniel as he uh, is, is praying after the, the edict is given out that if you pray to anyone besides uh, the, you know, the king of Persia, then you will be thrown into the lion's den. There it was necessary for the glory of God, he continued to do exactly what he did. And yet there are other times when people will give and you, know, you think of uh, Christ speaking of uh, the widow who uh, throws in two pennies into the, uh, uh, into the, the collection for the temple. And, she's, and he says, you know, she's given more than everyone else. She doesn't, she's not doing it to be seen by others. Probably many people didn't even notice what she was doing. It wasn't a, a, a great gift in, in, in many ways. It wasn't uh, outwardly impressive. And yet Christ says this was the one who, who did something that, that Christ actually accepts, that God will accept because she did not do it to be seen by men. She did it for the sake of the glory of God, and she did it in accordance with her capacity. She did it, uh, she did it in accordance with the things that God had given to her. Uh, there are some things that need to be public. There are some things that need to be private. But the things that are public ought to be public not for your glory, but for the sake of God's glory. And the things that are private are kept private not out of fear of men, but rather because you do not want to receive praise from men. That is the way that we determine uh, how uh, public a work should be. And this will be worked out uh, more in the coming weeks as we'll come back to these uh, principles in the various contexts for uh, the different gifts. But, they, but the overall idea is that everything should be done for the glory of God. Now, another general principle that we see uh, in terms of the works that God accepts is with regard to rewards. Notice what the Lord Jesus Christ says in verse 1. Otherwise, if you do not do, if you do things in order to be seen by men, if you, if, you're un, if, if you do them in order to be seen by men, then you have no reward from your Father in heaven, is what he says in verse 1. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. And what we'll see all through this passage in verses 1 through, through 18 is that there's this comparison between two kinds of rewards that you can receive. You can either receive rewards from men or you can receive rewards from God. And these two things in these passages, the Lord Jesus Christ says, are mutually exclusive. If you receive rewards from men, then you cannot receive any rewards from God. And therefore, the thing that you should aim at is to receive rewards from men, or from, from God, excuse me, and not to receive rewards from men. If you receive rewards from men, then you have received everything you're ever going to receive, and you'll receive nothing from God himself. Now, brothers and sisters, this is very important. As I mentioned, all of these things are assumed. It's assumed that you will do them. You are not to boast because, you know, I give faithfully to the church. You are expected to give faithfully to the church. Uh, you, you can't boast that you have a great prayer life, that you are often in prayer. You're expected to pray. You're even ex expected to fast. You're expected to fast uh, with some kind uh, of regularity as the Lord Jesus Christ will make none. And we'll, we'll come to it in a few weeks, as he'll say later on in chapter 6. You're expected to do all of these things. But brothers and sisters, none of these things— prove that any of them are in fact good works before God. If you do them to be seen by men for the reward that men will give to you, that in your heart there is the temptation to say, if I do this in this way, I know others will see it and they will think that I am a great person, that I'm a great Christian. They'll be impressed with me. Insofar as that is your heart and your attitude, you have received your reward for the action and you can expect nothing from God. There are two kinds of rewards. And as the Lord Jesus Christ says here, they are mutually exclusive. When you think about the good things that you do that serve the church, do you do them for the sake of the glory of God? 
or do you secretly give into the temptation to do them in such a way that others will think that you are a great Christian? That's the difference. It, It does matter. God is the one who sees in secret. He can see your heart, and he demands that all good works be done for the sake of the glory of God. Now, even as we think of the two kinds of rewards that we can receive. There's the ones from man, and there's the ones from God, which occur all the way throughout the passage. This brings up a question. Is it right? Is it right for a Christian to do a good work in order to receive a reward, a reward from God? Uh, some people will say that it's not right to do so. If you, if you seek a reward from God, then you have in some ways tainted the work because you're not doing it solely for God's glory. You're doing it rather to receive something uh, for yourself, and this is then seen uh, to be selfish. Is it right for a Christian? Is it, is it a selfish thing if a Christian seeks to be rewarded for his work by God himself? Is this something that taints the work? Now notice, this appears to be something that's quite foreign to what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here. Uh, he seems to be trying to motivate people to good works by describing a different kind of reward that, that, that you'll be given. Do not do it to be seen by men, but rather... Do it in order to receive the reward that will come from God. This seems to be a motivation. That is to say, it is a good thing, actually, for a Christian to seek to do something because it is pleasing to God and in order to receive a reward from God rather than men. What's not expected of a Christian is to do something without any knowledge or understanding that a a reward can come. It's rather the source of the reward that is the key. Many people will seek their rewards insofar as they come from man. But the thing that is godly is not then to remove all kinds of of anticipation of receiving something in return for what you do, but rather to seek that from God himself. Now, it is still true that the first and highest aim ought to be the glory of God. The first and highest aim ought to be uh, doing things for the sake of the glory of God. And even this is the thing that God will reward. The the thing uh, that must be there in order for something to be pleasing to God is that you care first and foremost about the name of God, that you care about his kingdom, that you care about his will being done on earth as is in heaven. However, even this highest aim is not contradictory to doing something because you know that God is pleased with it and that he rejoices in it and is pleased to reward those who do these very things. This is, these things are not contradictory uh, at all. And in fact, it even shows godliness that you seek the praise that comes from God rather than the praise that comes from men. And this is even uh, what the Apostle Paul says in, in Romans chapter 2 at the end where he's describing the difference between a true Israelite and a false Israelite. And he makes this point that a true Israelite is one whose praise is from God and not from men. He's one who seeks praise from God. He does everything before God. And the, the thought process of every action is this. Is God pleased with this? The way that we know God's pleased with something is he says that he will reward it. If, if God says, you know, I am pleased with this act and those who do these things, I will give this. Then you know that this is something that God is pleased with. And, and the godly person says, if God's pleased with it, and if God even says he'll re- give a reward for it, then I will do this very thing because I know that it is ultimately going to be for the sake of the glory of God. And so it is actually right for a Christian uh, to do something because God will reward it. And this is never to be held in tension with seeking the glory of God first and foremost. Those two things are supposed to go together. 
Okay, so that's, those are the general principles of good works that the Lord Jesus Christ uh, lays out uh, in verse 1. You're, you're, you are to so act so that you are uh, seeking the reward from your Father who sees uh, in secret. Now, in verses 2 to 4, as I mentioned, the Lord Jesus Christ moves on to giving, to giving. The idea here is it's a, it's a merciful gift. Uh, the, the, the word in the original comes from the, the, uh, the root word for mercy. So there is some kind of need that someone sees, and they decide to meet the need with some kind of, of gift. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking of. Again, uh, all the things that we've said ap- apply to giving, as they will also to prayer uh, and fasting. And again, we see that with giving, that this is in fact assumed. Now, this is, a, this is an important point to, to point out here. Giving is assumed. It is important when you think about your obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is important that you consider that part of that obedience is your giving, that you are required to give to the church. You are required even to give. You know, One of the ways that we can uh, give uh, in terms of the kind of charitable gifts that the Lord Jesus Christ is referring to here is even giving to a deacon's fund, uh, that, that sort of thing. All of these kinds of things uh, in the context of the church are assumed. It could be that you are giving, and yet the giving is not pleasing to God. It can't be that you are not giving, and that's pleasing to God. The, the giving is, is, at the, is a bare minimum that must be there in order to be uh, doing things that are, in fact, pleasing to God. And yet, as the Lord Jesus Christ makes clear here, there is a difference between giving that is pleasing to God and that which is not pleasing to God. There is a comparison between those who are hypocrites and those who are, in fact, uh, giving as those who are true Christians. And this is this comparison that is made in verses 2, first describing the hypocrites, and then verses 3 and 4 describing uh, those who uh, are giving in a way that is, in fact, pleasing uh, to God. Notice what the Lord Jesus Christ says. When you do a charitable deed, again, the idea is giving, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Do not sound a trumpet before you. The idea is to give in such a way that you let every single person know what you're doing. Now, this is a metaphor. It's not to be taken literally. We're not people that actually would um, you know, pull out trumpets and would blow them in order for everyone to be seen by men as they give. But the idea is that you give so ostentatiously that it is like there is a parade being given for you because of the greatness of your act. Uh, This is what the Lord Jesus Christ is describing, that you are trying to do deeds, good deeds, in order to be seen by others. You are in the, and this is particularly in the context of giving, that you give so as to let everyone know that you are, uh, in fact, generous with your money. The ultimate goal is self-glorification, as the Lord Jesus Christ says at the second part of verse 2, that they may have glory from men. If you are seen as someone who is generous with your money, then you will be praised by men. This is what the Lord uh, Jesus Christ is speaking to. And again, I mentioned this is very often the case today. You think of uh, world leaders, celebrities, athletes, famous people. It is very important to them that they have this PR aspect to their giving, that everybody knows what they've done and that they maintain an outward image. The goal is to portray the self a certain way to the public. Um, This is very common. It's common even in, in uh, you know, for people who have less influence, it's still very common for people to try to do the same thing just on a, a smaller scale. And there's even a temptation to do it even in a much more subtle way. 
there is there is the the feeling and and the, the temptation that comes when you give that you know if you do it in a certain way others may see it come to know it and they'll praise you or if you do it in another way they won't and it is giving into that temptation that the lord jesus christ is saying here is wrong it's in order to be praised by men to be to receive glory from them and that is not pleasing to god because the lord jesus christ says those who do that they have received their reward you've been recognized for the good deeds you've done you've been celebrated for doing it you have received glory ultimately you have received your reward and the point is if you have so received your reward you can rejoice that you received it but you're not going to receive anything else there is nothing else that you will receive and you certainly will receive nothing from god if you seek to be praised by men you will not receive praise from God in your giving. Do not be like the hypocrites. They will not receive anything else from God. But notice what the Lord Jesus Christ then goes on to say in verses three and four. He speaks of the better way. Do not seek the praise that comes from men. Rather, seek the one that which comes from God. He says, when you give, do not let your left hand know even what your right hand is doing, that your giving may be in secret. Now again, this is a metaphor. There's no way to actually give in such a way that your left hand does not know what your right hand is doing. You cannot literally keep your left hand from knowing what your right hand uh, is doing. And yet, the idea is that you are to go out of your way. You are to go out of your way not to receive praise from men for the good deeds that you do. You are to go out of your way to make it impossible for that to happen. It's not just that you are to be even indifferent to whether or not you receive praise from men. You are to actually go out of your way not to receive praise from men, such that then when you give a, do a good deed, it is as secret as possible insofar as it is appropriate for it to be secret. That's, that's the point that the Lord Jesus Christ is making. Now, an example of, of how these two things can come into tension and the way that they can be worked out uh, is the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 10, particularly verses 10 to, uh, chapters 10 to 12, now here, and the, re the reason I want to uh, highlight this example is because it can be a difficult thing to understand. When am I supposed to um, make something public and when am I to keep it private? And again, the, the, the answer is insofar as it is helpful for the glory of God. So this is, you know, uh, chapters 10 through 12 in, in uh, 2 Corinthians are often misread and misunderstood, I think. Um, very often people say like, well, you know, Paul is here is boasting. He is clearly... Um, He's clearly making way too much uh, of his ministry. And you, you remember that's the point of those chapters from verses uh, chapters 10 to 12. He's boasting in his ministry. But if you read it very carefully, it is the most humble boasting you could possibly imagine. It is, it is really an amazing example of humility, even as he's boasting. One of the greatest, even in all the Bible, he spends about one chapter talking about how uncomfortable it makes him to be boasting and how foolish it is how he does not want to be doing it, but yet he's being driven to do this out of defense for the gospel. So he's saying that this is an absolute necessity or else I would never do this. I must do it because you are being influenced by false apostles. And so I am compelled to respond to, to these kinds of things. And then when he actually gets to his actual boasting, he boasts of things like, I preach for free and I suffer a lot. And then even when he talks about the revelations he's been given, he even obscures the way in which he received them and then couched in that discussion of 
his boasting about his revelations, which prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is a true apostle and that he is to be listened to rather than these other false apostles, he makes this statement. He says in, in, in chapter 12, verse 6, he says he does not want anyone to think any more of him than what they see and hear from him. And that's why he will not continue to boast about his revelations. He, he refuses to have anyone think any more of him than what they see or hear from him. I will do nothing that gives you any higher of an opinion of me that you could simply form of me by simply observing my ministry, which I have to do for the sake of the glory of God and what I am doing for the sake of the glory of God. I will contribute nothing to my own reputation beyond that very thing. That is what the Lord, that, that is what the Lord Jesus Christ here is speaking of. And this is really uh, a, a good test for yourself and what you're striving for. When you do your good deeds, is this the attitude that you have? I would have it that nobody would think any more highly of me than what they can simply see and hear from me from simply interacting with me, which, uh, which I'm going to do for the sake uh, of the glory of God. This is the way that the Apostle Paul was able to put these things together. And then even in a, in a sense, being very public with the things that he's doing, even boasting about himself, yet does it in such a way that is in fact humble. And at the very end in, in verse 19, he says, have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We've been, we've been boasting of ourselves to try to get you to follow us. And he says this, it is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ. I have been doing this all before God himself. I have a completely clear conscience. I am doing it for his sake, not for our own, and all for your upbuilding, beloved. Every, everything I've been saying has been for the sake of God and before him and ultimately for you. Have you been thinking that we've been defending ourselves? Everything we've been saying has been for, the, for your sake and for your benefit. And this, brothers and sisters, is the way that you are to give. Let it be done for the sake of the thing for which you are giving. Let it be done because you love the church. Let it be done because you love the glory of God. And let nothing that you give, let, let, let nothing be known to anyone except insofar as it's useful for the sake of the advancement of the kingdom of God and for the sake of the building up of his church. Let it be done for those reasons and let nobody think any more of you and let you do nothing that contributes to other people thinking anything more of you than what they see and what they hear from you. This is the example of godliness. And the Lord Jesus Christ says at the end of verse four, if you, if you so act, if you so act, you will receive a reward from the Father who is in heaven. If you give your gifts in secret, then your Father is the one who sees in secret and he will reward you. Now, there can be a temptation here. You know, if, you, if you're going to do something good for somebody else, you're going to give to somebody uh, something, there, there can be a sense in which you might say, well, you know, this light is not shining before others. Um, it's not going to lead to anything. It's, it simply is going to go unknown to everybody. And the Lord Jesus Christ is addressing that here. Let it be that there, that there are some things that you do that are completely secret that nobody else knows about. Let that be true. Do not be tempted to think that this is useless because the main one that you do the good deed for and the, and the person you give for is God himself. It's God and nothing is hidden from him. Nothing is hidden from him. Everything that you do is seen by him. He is the one who sees in secret. There is nothing that you do that is a good deed that's pleasing to God that will go unnoticed. And this is even the connection with, with rewards themselves. Do them, do, do them even in secret because you are aiming to please God first and foremost. You're not aiming to please anyone else. 
And he is the one who sees in secret and he will reward you. Notice the Lord Jesus Christ here emphasizes as well that this one who sees in secret is your father, is your father. He is the one who loves you. He is the one who is pleased when you do such works for him, even as a father rejoice, rejoices in the works of his children. And brothers and sisters, if it ends up being that nobody sees any of the good things that you do, and yet your father sees them, the one who loves you, and he rejoices in them, and he rewards you for them as a father re rejoices and rewards his children for all of their, the efforts that they make to please him. Let it be that that is sufficient for you, that that is your highest aim, and that if you have that and nothing else, if you have that and nothing else, you have all that you need. You have all that you need. You will be rewarded by the Father and let all the praises of men go to the side. They're, they're not worth anything anyways. If you are praised by God, let that be your aim and let that be sufficient for you. Brothers and sisters, this is truly the true test of your heart in all the things that you do and particularly in giving. Do you do it out of love for God? Do you really love God or do you love the praise of men? You cannot have both. It is, in, in this sense, these two things are completely exclusive. They're mutually exclusive. You cannot seek the praise of men and the praise of God at the same time. And if you were to ask, why is it that as a Christian you should give? I've been saying that this is something that is assumed. Why is it that you should do things for the sake of the glory of God and for nothing else? Why is it that you should uh, understand that God loves you? Remember, brothers and sisters, even as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, that God himself sent his son and that the son, though he was rich, became poor. He gave up all his glory for you, that you being poor might become rich. This was truly the greatest gift. And if the son has done this for you in giving, is it not right for you who are called by his name, who receive the benefits from all these things that you would pattern your life after the Lord Jesus Christ and that you would give of yourselves and of everything that you have for the sake of the glory of God. Is he not worthy of having everything that you do in light of the gospel? Is he not worthy of having uh, everything be done for the sake of his own glory? May it be that God would so open the eyes of your hearts to see the glory of what he's done for you in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would say, what else would I do? If, if, all, if the whole realm of nature were mine, that would be a gift that would be far too small to give to him in return for what he has done for me. Let's pray. Father, how we do thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given so much more than we will ever give back to you. Lord, how we do pray that we, even with unveiled faces and beholding his glory, that we would be conformed even more and more into the image of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that in so far as we reflect his glory, may it be that we would also follow in his footsteps and be willing to give, to be willing to give of ourselves, of our time, of our resources, of our money even, for the sake of the advancement of your kingdom. May we do it in such a way, Lord, that it is pleasing to you, May it be that we do it so that even if nobody ever knows that yet, Lord, we do it faithfully in order to receive praise from you, in order to receive even uh, a smile from you rather than a smile from men. Lord, lift up the light of your face upon us, we do pray, and grant us the grace to so to act that your name 
might be sanctified in this world. For we ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at newcovenantopc.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. May God enlighten the eyes of your heart, that through the preached word your eyes may be opened to behold the glory of Christ more and more.